Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to the Morning Toast. Happy Tuesday. We hope everyone had a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous holiday weekend. And hopefully it was something like Kelly's Mindless News, like the 4th of July. I hope that it was that for you, too. I personally had a fabulous weekend. Um, it was just so much fun in the sun. I love fun in the sun. It was truly a fun-filled weekend for me. Yeah. Um, before we even say anything, we want to wish a very happy birthday to our amazing sister, Olivia. It is her 29th birthday, and we just love you so much, and we want to wish you a happy birthday. We hope you have the best day ever. And you're We will be- ensure that you do. We will make it our mission, Cadet Kelly, to make sure that you are having the best day ever. We love you so much. But she's already having the best day ever because she's with... Presh Kayla. Presh Kayla, yeah. And that's just, it doesn't get better than that. Every moment I'm not with Presh Kayla is like a waste of time and energy and space. I completely agree. It's just fucking depressing to be without her. I agree. But we'll be with her today and that's all we can really ask for. The ant life is the life for me. The anti-sneechuses. Oh my God, I almost just choked. I had a fabulous weekend. Yours looked fabulous as well. Yeah. Loved watching, you know, Jackie O'Flo make a return to that great outdoors. Yeah, no, she's missed the great outdoors. It was really just a fun weekend, and it's obviously been a while since I had one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel renewed. Like Ramona yes. Singer, I feel renewed. Exactly. And I um, I was I was in uh, the Hamptons with my in-laws, and I was supposed to come back yesterday, but I decided to come back Sunday um, because I felt like I just needed a day, like, to recover. And yesterday was probably one of the most relaxing days I've had, like, in my life. I watched so much TV. I've slept just, like, I was in and out of sleep, like, the whole day. I was just exhausted. I don't even know from what. But it was just a lovely way to spend a Monday. I'm glad that we took uh, the show off yesterday. I feel like I really needed that day off. Yeah, I appreciated it appreciated it as well. Um, but this week, I have people working in my apartment. Because remember on the Patreon behind the scenes, um... My home tour. Remember how my shower's like broken? Mm-hmm. So I'm finally getting it fixed. Mm-hmm. But it, it had to wait until like we were in phase, construction phase. Right. Um, so there's all these people in my apartment working and I can't get into my bathroom, which is why I look oh, wow. disgusting today. No, you look beautiful. I look horrible. I didn't have hairspray. I didn't have my curling iron. I didn't know what to do with myself. And so I don't even know what this dress is. Like, just don't look at me No, today. you look... Be- just don't look at me. Jackie, you look beautiful, stunning, and smart. I look ugly, stupid, and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a fabulous show for you guys today. There was so much news over the weekend. It was so literally... Much news. Killing me not to just talk about all of it. So we are going to be recapping and, like, it all. And people are, like, clamoring to get into the Fast Five today. Like, usually it's kind of an open-door policy. Yeah. Do something semi-interesting and we'll talk about you. Yeah. But today we are making hard cuts because, like, we really have the Fast Five stories. We have the Fast Five and then we are going to recap 
our toast movie of the week, which was Selma. And then we're also going to assign our new one. And then I watched a ton of stuff over the weekend I want to talk about. We both watched a David Foster documentary. Um, I caught up on Real Housewives of New York and their Zoom confessionals. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. I've been trying to finish uh, season four of Real Housewives of Potomac. Mm. Um, but I also didn't watch that much TV this weekend because I was enjoying the great outdoors and it was fabulous. And I encourage you all to try that. Yeah, no, it's a beautiful thing to step outside and just like enjoy. Yeah, to step outside. Breathe it in. Um, before we dive in, I just wanted to give a quick note to everyone who watched my special this weekend. It really stayed on the homepage of iTunes for pretty much the entire weekend, which is crazy because if you release a movie from like a movie studio, obviously like you can just pay to be on the homepage, but we released it independently. So it was on the homepage because that many people were watching it, which was just fabulous. And I really, really hope everyone liked it. And I'm so glad that everyone watched it, rent it, bought it. The comedy album is now out. So if you listen to this podcast and you just like listening to stuff as opposed to watching, you can now listen to the album, which is available to stream on Spotify or on iTunes, Amazon Music, all the places. So great for a podcaster. Totally. I have something to say because I watched your special. Oh my God, you really just scared me. I watched your special this weekend with the the group that I was with. Mm -hmm. And Claudia. A hilarious group. It was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Really? And like I wasn't expecting like to be wowed because I've seen the show so many times. I was there when you filmed the special. Um... I was truly rolling on the floor. It was just so funny. Like, oh my God. new things were making me laugh. The old things are always making me laugh. Mm-hmm. Like, we were, I was just laughing so hard. It was so fucking enjoyable. Oh! Um, and I, I just really, I was shocked by the fact that I was so moved by it, considering, like, I know it backwards and forwards. You're desensitized. But it was just <laughs> so funny. Like, you guys, if you haven't watched it yet, or even if you've been to a show, like, that's not a reason not to watch it because it's also when you're sitting in the audience, you don't get all of your facial expressions. Yes. And so with the camera close up on you, like it really does a great service to the whole physical comedy. Yeah. And it was just sensational. When we turned it on, I was like so tired. I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. And it was just, it was riveting. Wow, I love that. A rave review from a really harsh critic. No, I, I'm not harsh. And I like everything you do is great, but I was just like, enamored by it oh it was god, so you. fucking good thank you yeah oh my god, so well. you guys it's it is time you have to watch it it is time um but it is also time for something else yeah i think it, it is time for the fast side stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast i said that was like a little different inflection no today. you said that with some uncertainty are you feeling okay <laughs> i don't know i was just like trying to sometimes i improv with it like you yeah you yeah, yeah. hi um and i was just sort of stuck between should i go there should i not yeah so instead i just stumbled over every word it was beautiful nonetheless <laughs> um before we dive in i have to tell you like i saw the funniest thing in the street yesterday it wasn't funny it was actually sad but like you know when you can't stop watching like a mess So this kid, it was raining and the kid was skateboarding, which like, what are you doing skateboarding in the rain? And of course he just completely fell on his ass and like everyone on the block stopped to watch him, which was just like mortifying for him. And he just like was so defeated that he just like let his skateboard roll down the sidewalk, but it eventually veered off the sidewalk and into the street and a bus came and it was crazy. Like within an inch of the skateboard's life, like the bus made it and then the bus I mean, then the skateboard went underneath some like Toyota Camry and the person didn't realize. So the kid goes running and he's like waiting and it looks like he's going to get the skateboard. You know, it was just so like, is he going to get it? Is he not going to get it? And literally this Toyota Camry like just starts driving an inch and it runs over the skateboard, but half the skateboard. So now the kid is trying to get the skateboard from underneath the wheel of the Toyota Camry. It was so dramatic. I was literally standing on the corner for 20 minutes watching this kid suffer. Like I obviously should have offered to help, but like when I'm feeling embarrassed, like if I fall somewhere, I want nobody to look at me. Yeah, I just want everyone to pretend like they haven't seen yeah 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 
Yeah, that's the nicest thing you could do. It was just such an, like, it was a series of unfortunate events. That's really sad. Yeah, and I'm not used to seeing things on the street, because in the last four months, all I've seen is a, um, someone peeing on a, on a payphone booth. I saw that the other day. It was so crazy. I've actually seen now, twice in one week, um, public urination, because wow. New York is the greatest city on earth, man. Ooh, ooh. Woohoo. Okay, let's get into the news because there's so much to discuss. Yes. Um, I want to start the past five on a high because Morgan Stewart is engaged to Jordan McGraw, son of Dr. Phil McGraw. Yes, lots of people don't know that he is a uh, doctor himself <laughs> and he is the son of the doctor, Dr. Phil Chemin. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just have so much, so many happy thoughts about this. I mean, my first thought is like, Brendan just must be vomiting because for those who don't know, Jordan and Morgan actually dated before she was married to Brendan. Right. So he was like the guy Morgan told Brendan not to worry about. For sure. And now and they're, now they're in, divorced and like she's engaged And him. now he's very much worried. You know, and I'm sure he's just like thinking like, oh my God, my whole marriage like was a lie. For sure. Was my whole marriage was like the, the setup for yeah. this happily ever after. To me, like Jordan McGraw has like the most impeccable taste in women you know what I mean because like if you can land Morgan Stewart to me she's one of the most eligible bachelorettes in the world not even just Hollywood like in the world first of all she's so stunning she's so smart she's so successful on her own she's this fabulous personality she's so stylish like I can't name one bad thing she's about her the definition of everything of the sort when you look it up in the dictionary yes everything of the sort she's also the definition of it girl like that oh. is her right now oh for sure and I just love there's so many things that I love about this okay this is what I love about it first and foremost and I loved how much it like shocked and stunned me and how much it stuck with me for a few days. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, I woke up in the morning. I'm like, Morgan Stewart's engaged. No, by the way, literally same. And I actually spoke to Morgan and she said she was like completely blindsided. She had absolutely no idea, which is just even more beautiful. Like that, that, that's what an it girl deserves. Like just to be blindsided. A hundred percent. And let's just go back to March when we started quarantine. And that's when they came out with their relationship. Because they were quarantined together. Doing Instagram live from home. And so like over the course of quarantine, yes, they started dating before, but it couldn't have been that long. They, like, were living together, got engaged, and are going to live happily ever after now. Like, they went from zero to 100 yeah, I mean, in quarantine. And that's called making the most of, of the situation. Right. We said before quarantine, there's only two ways that this could go. There's the Casey Musgraves route, <laughs> and there's the Morgan Stewart route. And I'm just so happy for Morgan Stewart. There's so many elements of this that bring me joy. The first is, like, I am just happy for Morgan Stewart becoming a member of this rich Hollywood family like Dr. Phil money is money like he has been on the air for years and years and years he has radio he has a podcast now he's just so successful and I love her being becoming a part of like an institution in Hollywood to me that makes me so happy the other element that I love about this is that Jordan McGraw is like weirdly um like a part of the Jonas family and this would make Morgan Stewart like a Jay cousin not a Jay sister She's a Jay cousin for sure. Right? Yeah, because I saw like Priyanka commented on Did her she? picture. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God, the elegance. But that's also what I love about Morgan Stewart. She's like a relatable queen who like answered my text when I was like, are you engaged? But then also Priyanka Chopra is commenting on her Instagram. Like we have no choice but to respect a queen. I who, think she commented on Jordan's Instagram. Doesn't matter. Same thing. We have no choice but to respect a queen who is everything of the sort. I just, I'm, I'm like weirdly obsessed with her. No, and I also really like the fact that he's a musician mm -hmm. um, and his songs are really good. Yes, fabulous. And that's just, must be like really attractive for her. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so here for all of it. Oh, also, as I was researching this morning. This is crazy, A little follow-up news that I was wondering about because I saw that she was moving because she was dismantling her amazing closet. Oh. Um, and I was like wondering where she was moving to and then she got engaged. So I was assuming she was moving in with her mans. Um, and apparently, uh, Dr. Phil McGraw bought his son a $10 million home after he got engaged to Morgan Stewart. 
Okay. Jordan McGraw has a lot to celebrate this July. In addition to becoming engaged to E! News' very own Morgan Stewart, the son of Dr. Phil will be moving into a spanking new $10 million home. According to Variety, the Beverly Hills mansion was gifted to Jordan by his parents, Robin McGraw and Dr. Phil. His new 6,500-square-foot estate is situated on the hillside of one of Beverly Hills' most exclusive neighborhoods. It comes complete with all the amenities one could need and more, including a pool, wine room, and outdoor kitchen. Moreover, he will have plenty of space to entertain or host guests with four beds. And four and a half baths. Perfect. One for each Jonas brother. Wait, I, like, this house is, like, making my life. I don't know why. Do you see these pictures? Well, now it begs the question. This this isn't the house that went viral of Dr. Phil. Remember when people, he put one of his houses up for sale and the interior was really questionable. (laughs) um, And it totally went viral. Oh, my God, this house, you guys. We'll post pictures on our Instagram. Marble, fireplace, wine cellar. Sickening. Ocean. Farm Chemin. Oh, my God. I... I'm over the moon. Like, this is just, this is the life I envisioned for Morgan Stewart. Like, I know Morgan Stewart, like, probably has a lot of expectations for herself for career (laughs) and personal life, but I have some too. And this is just, like, totally exceeding those expectations. I'm, like, so happy for her that she's going to live in this $10 million house and just be the fabulous queen that she is. 100%. I just, I don't know. I I feel like an investor in Morgan Stewart's life. Like, I obviously saw her on Rich Kids of Beverly Hills, and obviously she was my favorite. She was the funniest. And then she just, like, morphed to this, like, reality show into, like, a full-fledged career. And now she's just out here killing it, living in a $10 million house. And... She's so inspiring. Yeah, she's inspiring. I love her so much. I'm so happy. And I love how happy collectively like the world was for this. Everyone was, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Like everyone was rooting for you. I've never yelled at a girl like this. And it was just beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. Um, Unfortunately, I do have to switch gears to a little Splitsville news. Oh my God. Um, Because Casey Musgraves and Rustin Kelly have split. Um, they have reached the end of their rainbow. The country singer and her singer-songwriter husband have called it quits after over two years of marriage. Their reps confirmed to People on Friday. Quote, these kinds of announcements are always met with scrutiny and speculation, and we want to stop that before it even starts, their joint statement read. We believe that we were put into each other's lives for a divine reason and have both changed each other infinitely for the better. The love we have for each other goes far beyond the relationship we've shared as husband and wife. It's a soul connection that can never be erased. Okay, they definitely wrote this statement. Yeah, of course. Um, I don't know about publicists using the word soul connection. No. But like... They're speaking so highly of each other. I just don't understand how this equates to divorce. I know. And you know what? It's like, why am I so shocked? But also not shocked. People have questioned her marriage forever. And it used to just be this annoying thing where it's like, leave her alone. She likes to keep her marriage private. But at the end of the day, the people questioning it were um, kind of right. Because here we are. I'm just, I'm shocked because when they did decide to get married, it just seemed so real and it was like OTP and I kind of loved that they kept it private and everyone thought they weren't together, but they always were like they were spotted at Target, you know, like there was something about the mystery that really made me feel like their love was real. But then at the same time, you know, she's had this amazing year and he was not present for any of it. Like he wasn't at the Grammys. He wasn't, maybe he wasn't he at the was Grammys. He was when she was like. Yeah. And she, he took he her purse. There. Yeah. It was just, I don't know. It's just, I hate to say it, but it's like she kind of just outgrew him. Well, that seems like the surface reason you know what we see of their relationship shows us that she obviously just like shot to stardom in the last two years mm-hmm. and mega stardom she's always been a star born yeah. star well to me she's always been a star but now like the world bandwagon fans are for sure but like it. now she's like mega she's an institution everything whereas like she was a star before yeah 
Um, and so the way we see it, it's like obviously these two things don't add up, but you never know what goes on. And this statement is one of the more confusing ones. It's like they knew that we were getting bored by these um, template divorce statements. Yeah, but it's... So they threw a wrench into it. Also, it's like they wanted this statement to just like not confuse anyone in the sense that like they never wanted it to seem like someone cheated because that's always what people think, especially when like such a short marriage, like why... Why yeah. now? Um, so I don't think anyone cheated. And I think that's what the statement was trying to convey. Convey. Yeah. Yeah. Or avoid. It also adds, we've made this painful decision together. A healthy decision that comes after a very long period of trying the best we can. It simply just didn't work. Though we are parting ways in marriage, we will, ma- we will remain true friends for the rest of our lives. I feel like true friends for the rest of our lives. That's, that's a marriage. That's the least you could hope for. No, that's literally a marriage. Yeah. I mean, here's where I feel. I am, you know, our... No one can even argue Casey Musgraves number one fan. So I feel very sad that this is obviously like a painful thing. You know, divorce is so hard. They say it's like a death. You know, remember Shannon and uh, David Bedore burying Shannon. It's painful, of course. But at the same time, like, I just know that this album is going to be heartbreaking. And I feel like that's what we need from Casey Musgraves. Like, she's going to win another Grammy. Whatever art comes out of quarantine, divorce. She says she likes to experiment with LSD when she does creative writing sessions like I just think all of these elements are going to birth the greatest album of all time I really feel that way I said it here right now July 7th 2020 we'll see what happens in a year if I was right I probably am okay I know everyone like loves to say that when there's like someone goes through it but not not everyone nobody says that Adele yes but nobody says it like BB Rexa you know like certain people convey certain emotions and Adele and Casey Musgraves are Adele Casey Musgraves Kelly Clarkson um but I just want to say like Golden Hour was written uh when she was happily married and or at the beginning of her marriage happy and sad at the same time maybe she wasn't okay maybe that's why it was so brilliant it was written at a high and it's one of the greatest albums of all time you know but by the way I'm not saying only heartbreak is good for creative outlets highs and lows are good that's why golden hour was so fabulous she had just gotten married of course I'm sad she's going through a low time right now but I'm just excited for the fruits of the low yeah okay the fruits of 2019's labor yes thank you Jackie quoting my comedy special available on iTunes I just wanted to say, I feel as though like right now my heart goes out to Casey Musgraves, but I feel like when a celebrity, especially a really private celebrities like these two make a statement like this, it comes really after the decision has been made and the hurt has transpired. So I feel like she's probably doing okay right now. Now let's play our favorite game of who do we set her up with because Stan Twitter is convinced that like this is a result of a tawdry love affair with Harry Styles because you know they've toured together and then she brought him out at her Nashville show. They have like a long history and they have a deep respect musically for one another. I don't know if I see it as a love relationship but I'm definitely not opposed to it. I have a man for her. Who? And I think you're going to love it. I just need him to really be the reformed man that he says that he is. John Mayer. Oh my God. That is sickening sickening except I feel like Casey Musgraves is too much of like a self-respected feminist to really um be with someone who has proved more often than not that he's just not it for women you know he's not like he's not like like a voice for women you know yeah well but by the way I love that so much and then like I could just hear the harmonies of the, the harmonies. of the collabs. The harmonies. But she does like a more low-key guy. I don't think she'll date someone famous. She likes a musician, clearly, um, who's sort of maybe a, a, a songwriter, she's maybe had, a producer. She's had a very strange love life now that I think about it. Because she... The bandmate. Yeah, she... <laughs> 
That's she, why this was so crazy. Like, because she Because was, it happened so fast. She was, she with was that, dating her, her bandmate, bandmate forever. Ever. And then one day they broke up. The next day she he took dating. his he took his Nissan Sentra, according to her song, and got the fuck out, Space Cowboy. And then she's married five seconds later. Right. And so when that happens, you assume that it's the one t- true pair. Yeah. And it like was if she hadn't gotten so famous. Like I'm convinced fame really ruins a lot of things. And the level that she shot to over the last year and a half is just so astronomical that I don't think really any marriage that started before it could ever survive especially when the other person is a musician not to say he was jealous but competition is an inherent part of being successful and I just can't imagine that it didn't cause some sort of conversation like she went to the Kardashian Halloween party by herself like yeah there's just there's there was so much to unpack and all I want to do is like spend the next 10 years thinking about who she's going to date because now that you brought up John Mayer, like I just can't think of anything else. But at the same time, you're right. She does like someone way more low key. Um, and I feel like she might be one of those people. I feel like a lot of people find really solid Hollywood marriages when they, you know, end up with like their agent or like someone in the biz, but not like in the spotlight. Like yeah. Reese Witherspoon has been married now for like 20 years to her agent. So yeah. I feel like there's something there. For sure. We'll oh, keep wow. you posted. This is devastating. But again... The album is, um, it is coming. Yeah. Um, you know what else is coming? Yeah. Today's sponsor, Policy Genius. There's never a bad time to save money. That is true. But now more than ever, finding smart ways to put some cash back in your pocket can make a huge difference. One way to do that is simply, one way to do that is to simply save on things you already pay for, like home insurance. If you own a home, if you're reshopping your home insurance rates with Policy Genius, you could save a good chunk of change, and the best part is you barely need to lift a finger. First, head to policygenius.com and answer a few quick questions about yourself and your property. The Policy Genius will compare your policy against options from top insurers to make sure you're getting the right home insurance coverage at the best possible price. If Policy Genius finds you a better rate than what you're currently paying, they'll do all the work to get you switched. If you own a car too, Policy Genius will compare your home and auto policies across different insurers and even mix and match to find you savings. They've saved their customers an average of $1,127 per year just by doing that. So if you'd like to put a little cash back in your pocket right now, which everyone needs. See how much you can save by reshopping your home insurance at policygenius.com. That's policygenius.com to reshop your home insurance rates. Policygenius.com. Thank you, Policy Genius, for being today's sponsor. Love it. Okay, next story. Very sad news. Nick Cordero, Broadway star of Waitress and a Bronx Tale, has died at the age of 41. Nick Cordero, the Broadway actor who appeared in popular musicals such as Waitress and A Bronx Tale and inspired the world with his months-long struggle against the coronavirus, has died, his wife Amanda Klutz said on Sunday. Oh my God. He was 41. She wrote on Instagram, quote, God has another angel in heaven now. My darling husband passed away this morning. He was surrounded in love by his family, singing and praying as he gently left this earth. Oh my God. I mean, a lot of people have been following this story for so long. And I think what's been so amazing about this story is like his wife's ability to never give up hope when it's like she's going through the toughest times in her life. She has a brand new baby. Her husband's been in the hospital for months fighting coronavirus. And it's just, it's literally the saddest thing ever. And I can't believe that like after all of this, that he lost the battle. And I'm just so sad for her. But like, I still am in awe of like her her, her resilience yeah. and her spirit like she's still on instagram dancing for him and it's like it's just it's really like a, a beautiful way to deal with grief i'm just like so sad for her and her baby and i just can't believe like after all of this like this is how the story ended you know, know. it's really sad it's really really sad and i just 
I didn't really know much about her before, but like, I just like love her now and I want to protect her. And there's so many people who feel that way. Like I saw, um, he's a very well-respected person in the Broadway community and so many huge Broadway people were tweeting about it. And there's like a, a fund that's been set up for them. I think it's almost at a million dollars and obviously all that's amazing, but it's just, it doesn't bring back her husband and the father of her baby. And I just, I'm so, I'm so sad. Yeah. There's been a lot of outreach and statements from celebrities who have worked with him Mm -hmm. he clearly was such a light Mm -hmm. um that's how really everyone described him and this is incredibly tragic it's just it's terrible and you know he's 41 years old that's just not what you expect to hear um and it's just a reminder that life is so short and the coronavirus is a little bitch and everyone should wear a mask yeah definitely Um, so i'm like really just it's weird to feel so impacted by a story of people you don't know Mm -hmm. but that's what she did during this time when she was just trying to rally people to like pray for him and dance for him and now so many people are invested in their family yeah yeah well it's very sad we're thinking of her and her baby yeah um next story little mindless celeb new relationship news fabulous um chris evans and lily james spark dating rumors with late night london pics captain america uh yeah Chris Evans, yeah, knives I know, I out. Saw, yes, knives out. Yeah, okay, we'll start using that reference. Knives out. Also, I'm sure you saw my Instagram story last night. I was watching The Wall, which is literally the best fucking game show. It's on NBC, and I saw, I saw your thing. This girl had to answer a trivia, and it was like, um, which one of these Chris's has been in Marvel? Blah blah blah. And it was like Chris Evans, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, Chris and Hemsworth. then Chris Hemsworth, which I knew it wasn't Chris Hemsworth. That's like the one that I know, but and it was just so Chris funny. Pratt. Whoever. Actually, He's Guardians of the Galaxy. No, it's not Chris Pratt. It was Chris Evans, I I think. Um, but whoever, you know, is writing trivia for The Wall on NBC obviously listens to the toast. And that's obviously. the moral of the story. Hey. Um, but Chris Evans and Lily James may be the newest extremely good-looking couple in Hollywood as the UK's Daily Mail has photos of the pair sharing a taxi late Saturday in London. Yes, I saw. Like, there was literally 6 a.m. vibes, which... I love. Love to see it. The pair spent the bulk of the evening at the ritzy after hours Marks Club in Mayfair with James in a red dress for the occasion and Evans opting for an all black suit. Lily James is like one of the most random beautiful women. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she's not really like super famous. She was shot to stardom in the Cinderella movie that really just didn't shoot her anywhere besides down. I know. I have it recorded. <laughs> I've been meaning to catch it. And she's just like such a strange kind of phenomenon to me because like she was really positioned to become like this huge star and it just really never happened for her i don't know she's she's a moderate star she's mamma mia oh that's true she was in the worst movie of all time called yesterday oh was she the beatles one she obviously doesn't have a good radar for which projects to take because she's in things i've heard of but never seen i guess this also means that she can sing because these are kind of musical oh that's true she just gives me a vibe like she should have been in game of thrones for sure. I'm sure she's... In, you know what? Let's look at her IMDb. I'm but sure. also just to talk about these two, I think this is a fabulous couple. I love when beautiful beautiful people just like get together. When and, they sync up and, yeah. and share calendars. And they do the work for us. Like I didn't have to match these two together. Like they just... They work perfectly together. Do I think they're going to be together forever and get married and have a million children? No. But do no. I love this one night stand? Yes. Yes. Oh, she was in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. <laughs> Wait, Pride and Prejudice, comma, Zombies or Pride and... Like one movie. Pride, one, one movie. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is one yes. movie. Oh, she's in Downton Abbey. That, that oh, that, that's what launched her. But see, that's what I'm saying. I feel like there was a few years where it was like the Lily James time, like she was going to be it after Downton Abbey. And then she got Cinderella and it was like supposed to be this foundational thing for her. And I just feel like she never really delivered in that kind of success. You know, I need to watch that movie because 
I feel like I would love it. Yeah. But I don't know why I've never seen it. Well, so funny. When I read this story, for some reason, it registered for me as Lily Collins. Okay. Which is just so ironic because wasn't she in the other Cinderella? No, she was in the other Snow White. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That whole mirror, thing. Mirror, mirror. And then there was Snow White and the Huntsman, Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth. That was a weird time in Disney when they were just making two movies at a time. Yeah. No, it's like this story has been around since like the dawn of time. Yeah. You couldn't have made them at a different year. No, you couldn't have. They couldn't have. Okay. Fifth and final story, your daily Glazane Maxwell update. Jelaine. 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 Jelaine Maxwell has copies of Jeffrey Epstein's sex tape ex-friends says okay Jelaine has been all over the news she was arrested now the New York Post is saying she is going to sing for her supper and just give all the details she wants to know that the police wants to know just so she can get a lesser sentence and as many people probably know if you watch the Jeffrey Epstein documentary probably the person who has the most information on this entire ring, more so than Jeffrey Epstein, I would say, is Ghislaine because she was the madame. She was the procurator of young women. She was the secretary of the institution. She kept all the files. They say that she has written record of every you know powerful person who did X, Y, and Z. And she really is the most dangerous. Like to me, there's so much injustice in Jeffrey Epstein not having his day in court. But to me, the one who could really, you know, break down the whole thing more is Ghislaine. Yes, I agree. She's our last hope of really getting justice for these girls Mm -hmm. and for this case. And I don't have a lot of hope as her being our last resort because the craziest thing happened. And I'm I'm not sure if some people saw it because it was taken down. Please share this with the class. I find this quite interesting. The BBC released an article and immediately deleted it. And it was an article scheduled for July 11th, 2020. And this was on July, I think, 5th. So obviously, it's a week early. And the headline says, Ghislaine Maxwell moved to intensive care as coronavirus symptoms worsen. So it has yet to be even reported that she has coronavirus. So this this makes me question, you know... Everything. Everything. Because they're obviously planning a news cycle that reports on her eventually dying of coronavirus, right? She's in intensive care. She has coronavirus. Um, This does not bode well for the success of this story. No, no, it doesn't. It's, they deleted it immediately. And I don't think they even released a statement, but it's just sometimes things happen where articles get published early and it really releases a window into like how corrupt everything is. Like, do you remember when Sean and Camilla, Sean and Camilla, there was like this just not just Jared, one of these places released an article like Sean and Camilla seen cuddling up backstage at the VMAs. No, it was like Sean and Camilla do a steamy on stage performance of Senorita. Um, It was before the award show even aired. Yes, but here's the thing. There's two things happening. One, it was like that publication knew that Sean and Camilla were singing Senorita. It's going to be steamy because they're all about PDA. So they wrote the article... In anticipation. In anticipation so they didn't have to do the legwork on the day because they have a lot of articles to write during an award show. That is a thing that publications do. I'm sure they would have changed it if the article didn't happen to come out... and it, wasn't, and, no, and it wasn't correct. Like, say they weren't steamy mm-hmm. or, you know, she, like, shot out of a cannon. Like, right. They were they, doing prep. Yeah, they were doing prep. This feels different. This feels... And, like, and peop, like also some publications have obituaries written for people who haven't died yet. Like, yes. You know, but they're... And, o- by the way, those are the craziest um, when, like, news 
channels accidentally run the obituary of like they have obituaries for just old people they have it ready so that if the person dies unexpectedly like they have the news on it it's kind of morbid but it's just a part of the news but sometimes like those packages take a while to produce if it's a montage of someone's life you know so that's just part of their job whatever this feels like a story this isn't the next logical step in this story yeah that she goes to the icu of course no and the BBC News, like the UK writing it up, it's just, it's all too weird. She is British, Ghislaine. Her father was like a media mogul, a disgraced media mogul, but a media mogul a nonetheless. disgraced king? Yes, uh, literally a disgraced king. And he obviously had very, you know, deep-rooted connections that I'm sure she inherited. And it's just, it's all, it's all too weird and it's all adding up. Oh, and now what's going around is this crazy conspiracy theory about Ghislaine that um, in the last photo ever I taken of John Benet Ramsey there is a woman in the background and admittedly only half of her face is in there but she looks a lot like Ghislaine Maxwell and it is um eerily creepy that this young girl goes missing and Ghislaine Maxwell is in the background I don't know if it's true there's no real um confirmation fact checker if that is in fact her in the background of the photo but it just of course gives you something to think about nah I mean it's a funny TikTok but it doesn't make any sense at all I don't know I'm not I'm gonna choose not to believe it but it it was a funny for TikTok I think it's 100% possible and I'm not I'm not not convinced okay um but also as in regards to the BBC like yes she's connected whatever but like I thought that we're in a point right now where like no one is striving to protect Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine. Like, that's the public's message. But again, that's why this story is so crazy is because, and that's what I didn't like about the documentary is like, they didn't even scratch the surface at how deep this goes from like politicians, world leaders, celebrities, billionaires, everyone who was involved. And they can make anyone disappear. They can make, the, the most powerful people in the world can do whatever they want. So it's like, this is happening all over again. I'm telling you, like we are, in, we are gonna witness something happen to Ghislaine. That's crazy. It's insane. And it's just, how dumb do they think we are? And it's like, they don't even care. It's like, the most powerful people in the world know that we know what they know, but they just don't want it coming out. I don't know. I I hear you, but like, I'm just more hopeful that the system won't fail us. Won't fail us. So I'm going to choose to believe in the system. Yeah. And that justice will be served. She could technically like get out on bail until her trial, but she's a huge flight risk. She has unlimited resources. If she got out of the country, she would never come back. She she might not be able to get uh, bail. Right. No, it's just, um, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, So anyways, the story was that she has the tapes and the tea and she's going to... And everything. She said, oh, they say she's going to give it up. I have one more question about this um, saga that is really bothering me. And that is, why have we not seen a mugshot? Of her? Jelani. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Like, you get arrested, you get a mugshot, and becomes public record. Like, why is she different? I don't know. Hmm. Makes you think. I haven't seen it. I went searching for it. Makes you think. Yeah, well, we'll keep you updated all week on what's going on in the Jelani Maxwell story. Um, it's just, it's honestly so crazy. It's very crazy. I'm, but I do look forward to justice being served. I am very much looking forward to justice being served. And now we are moving on to our TV recap segment. We have tons to recap, um, including our toast movie of the week, which was Selma. And we are going to do that. But before that, our TV recap segment is brought to you by Liquid IV. 
Believe it or not, dehydration occurs daily in three out of four people. With Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. Each serving helps you get as much hydration as two to three bottles of water. And by the way, when I was outside this weekend, like it was just so hot and I kept forgetting to drink water. Um, And I brought my Liquid IV with me and it was just so much more efficient and time effective to drink Liquid IV and it makes you feel so great. And it's great for hangovers, but that's not technically what they're known for. (laughs) Um, Proper hydration is crucial for your immune system and it can boost your immunity. So with Liquid IV, you have the fastest, most efficient way to stay hydrated. It's backed with potassium, vitamin C, and other vitamins to help you def- to help your body defend against infections. Proper hydration is known to boost your immunity, so one serving of Liquid IV provides the same hydration as drinking two to three bottles of water alone. If you have trouble drinking water like me, Liquid IV is the product for you because it also contains five essential vitamins. More, it has more vitamin C than an orange and as much potassium as a banana. If you hate eating fruit, Liquid IV might be for you. Healthier than sugary sports drinks, no artificial flavors or preservatives, and it has less sugar than an apple. It's also made with clean ingredients. It is non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. What makes it so effective is the CTT, the cellular transport technology, which is the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium. They deliver water faster, uh, They deliver water and nutrients faster into your bloodstream. It is a perfect balance to help you hydrate more quickly and more effectively than water alone. Plus, they're on a mission to change the world. Liquid IV is donating 2.3 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, and active military, which is amazing. Thank you, Liquid IV, for doing that. So you know if you buy Liquid IV, you are also making a difference, which is fabulous. It's a great way to spend your cash. Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target. Or you can get a 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code toast at checkout. So again, that's liquidiv.com, code toast at checkout for 25% off. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code toast at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code toast. Love it. Sign on, get hydrated. Why did you give me a weird look when I I was doing the ad? I didn't. Oh, you gave me like some eyes. I thought I did something wrong. No, no. I was just like looking at you. I'm so afraid of you. I was just looking at you. Was it something I said? No, no, no. You were perfect. Okay. Sign on, get hydrated. TV recap. Our TV um, movie that we assigned last week was Selma. As you guys know, we are trying to do a better job of just opening our horizons and learning more about um, experiences different than ours and our history. And I thought Selma was a great choice. Mm -hmm. Um, To be honest, I was disappointed in a few ways one was just that um why wasn't the song glory played sooner than the credits which is like which is a thing now it's like if a if a popular artist makes a song for a movie they just play it in the credits and that's not enough no it's not meant for the actual movie it's meant for like the promotion of the movie in some way but you know what the song that they played at the end when they put um the the real life footage over the end of the march um, I absolutely love that song. I need to look it up. Like that part was so powerful. I loved that they put the historical footage in there and kind of... You couldn't tell which was... Yeah. The guy who played Martin Luther King looked so much like him. Yeah, he did an amazing job. Amazing job. I liked how the movie was like obviously about the movement of Selma, but you also got like a little personal with uh, MLK and his marriage. Like there was just so much going on there. The other thing I didn't like about the movie was Cuba Gooding Jr.'s <laughs> presence. Um, obviously, I'm very triggered by that, but he was a small part in a, in a good movie. I think that the story is so um, so unbelievable and it's not really taught in depth in history classes in America because obviously I knew about the Selma March but I didn't know that all that went into leading up to it I didn't know that they did it multiple times and that was like post the civil rights right bill they had the technically had the right to vote but no one was letting them vote right so it really was interesting so I think it was actually a great um 
piece of history to focus on. I'm sure there's like so many movies they could write mm-hmm. about this time in Martin Luther King and all of his work. And I really enjoyed this movie, like from a historical perspective. It was also so well done. Like in the beginning, when those girls were walking <gasps> down the steps of the church, like oh. talking about um, the Coretta, they were just ta- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then. It, the church blew up i was in shock no no first of all like the sound like blew out like literally me and theo both jumped it was just it was a very powerful way to start the movie yeah. and just that's what this whole movement was for like just four innocent beautiful children getting attacked for no fucking reason like yeah that was i think a great way to start the movie i totally agree what i really like i like two things about the movie well i liked a bunch of things but two things that stood out to me was obviously um as a citizen of America, it is your right to vote and everyone should have that right and it shouldn't be so hard and it shouldn't be so expensive. Um, but what I really liked that I didn't even fully understand was they they d- discussed how obviously having a vote is important, but why also why it's important is because you cannot be on a, a member of a jury if you are not registered to vote. Mm-hmm. So it's like all these people, whether it's, you know, crazy Klansmen or racist cops, just shooting black people in cold blood and then getting off because the jury's all white people. So yeah. it's like, it's it's more than just casting a vote. It's becoming a part of the system yep. and helping. And even just like voting in your local elections, voting for that sheriff who like- Who got voted out the next year, the second that uh, they gave uh, black people in Alabama the right to vote, who got voted out. Right, it really stresses the importance of voting on, for- On all levels. On all levels, yeah. I, I agree. agree. Um, another thing that I loved was, and he wasn't really such a main character and he didn't get a little blurb at the end, but Portia Williams' grandfather was in the movie. Well, not him, his character. I meant to look up who everyone was because also I was wondering like if Giselle's dad was in there. Right, no, I'm sure that he was, but um, Hosea Williams was the leader of, when they did the first march on Selma and Martin Luther King couldn't go. Yeah. And those two guys led it. There was like the student guy and then the older kind of chubbier guy. That is Hosea Williams. That is Portia Williams' grandfather. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? amazing? I know. And by the way, the guy who played him looked just like him. When I was looking up old photos, I'm like, is that, the, is that from the movie or from Real Summer? They looked so much alike. It was crazy. Wow. That is so interesting. I know. Very cool. I thought it was a great movie. Um, I really, really liked it. Yeah. And I think that... Um, and I liked the way that it was done. Um, like the... There were just like a lot of powerful moments similar to the one in the church where just like I just had to like stop and pause. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that Ava DuBarney did a fabulous fabulous job she's a fabulous filmmaker one more thing I wanted to say about the movie and about history which obviously I'm not a history buff so I didn't know but I just think it goes without saying thank you it goes without saying like LBJ sucks like of course he did the right thing at the end there were so many fucking shitty people LBJ was just the worst like fuck him and it's like he won they said he was like had one of the biggest landslides in presidential history I'm like this fucking guy's a fucking coward and yes he did the right thing at the end but it was because he had no other choice like yeah he was just like a little piece of shit and he knew it was the right thing to do and that's what what I took away from the movie was like politics is such bullshit because it's really never about doing the right thing it's always someone's personal stake in interest of a lobby or whatever it's like their supporters or your your donators like it just it was really disappointing to see like so many people know that they could have the power to do the right thing and not do it because of 
politics. Like, politics is just bullshit. LBJ sucks. Yeah, I mean, also George Wallace, the governor. Oh, the biggest dick alive. Oh, and then he ran for president four times and couldn't win. Like, literally, uh, rotten hell. Literally, I hate that guy. A hundred percent. Also, this movie um, had a message that's been very similar to a lot of the other stuff that we were watching, which is that the FBI um, is the fucking vote. And also, like, the way they were logging all of their activity was just so blatantly racist. Like, they're just the way they spoke. I was like, damn. Yeah, and that FBI director, who's J. Edgar Hoover, yes. who's like, it's all named after him. Um, oh. And it's like... Sade. It's very Sade. No, it's just like history. Watching and going back in our history just shows you like everything's fucked up and everyone's fucked up. And it was a great movie. It was a great movie. And it just really highlighted for me like how politics is just bullshit. Yeah. Like why is it so hard to get something done when it's the right thing to do? Like it shouldn't have taken thousands of people literally getting beaten and marching 50 miles and having to do it three times just to get it shouldn't have been that hard. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? What I've really learned from all of these movies is how creepy it is to me, how a lot of these movies are either made a while ago or about things that happened a while ago, and it really feels like the stories could have been told today. Like, it doesn't feel like that much has changed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I liked it. Um, I hope everyone else liked it. And we have a I great... Really, I really, really liked it. We have a great movie for our next um, selection. I thought it would be good to maybe just lighten things up a little bit and go back to a movie that honestly really impacted me as a child. Um, it's called The Color of Friendship. It is a Disney Channel original movie. I believe it is on Disney Plus for free. And honestly, if you have kids and you are a toaster, I would really recommend um, you watch it with your kids. It's just a fabulous movie about the color of friendship. It's just... It's self-explanatory, honestly. But... Um, I remember watching it as a kid and just like loving it so much. And I think it'll be great, like a nostalgic moment for us and a really good opportunity if you have kids to, or like younger siblings, to have them watch it. It's a really good movie. I'm excited. Yeah. That'll be great. Okay. Um, I want to talk also in our TV recap about the David Foster documentary. Yes, I watched it last night at your request. Very glad I did. I probably would have watched it anyway, but um, I sped up the process yes. so that we could discuss it today. I took... A few things away from it. The first thing I took away was I really didn't realize how old David Foster was because when he's talking about like working with Jennifer Holiday, I'm like, oh my God, this man is old. And he's been, <laughs> and he's been successful for so long, you know? And of course, you know about the Josh Groban, the Celine Dion. I but talk about Josh Groban. Me too. What you don't really know is like the Chicago or, you know, the Jennifer Holiday. Yeah, like it's just, first of all, I love, I think that the documentary did an amazing job of like being like, let's put some respect on this man's name. Like he is it. Yeah. And you know what? It's like, I don't, the company that made the documentary did a fabulous job. I have to believe that someone in there ideating was a toaster because this is what we've been striving for for years now, which is justice for David Foster. We've been saying it since day one. Dave, <laughs> since day one, because of the way, like, and they talk about it a little bit when he talks about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, when it's like, oh, you're the guy who was on Real Housewives right. of Beverly Hills. He's like, no, I'm the guy who, who's won 16, 16 fucking Grammys. Yes. Also, somebody sent me a DM. They're like, I'm listening to old episodes of The Toast, like from a year ago, and you guys literally said David Foster needs a documentary. Isn't that crazy? No, I'm telling you, like... Our, yeah, it no. was just like from our mouth to the documentarian's ears. So that was the first part that I loved. I also loved how much footage they had of just like old Celine moments and all these fabulous artists. And it was just like really like a beautiful, artistically done documentary, which I loved. Agreed. I loved the fact that they put up the Foster family chart, which has become iconic, um, like pop culture canon. Yep. And that is something that you must... Um, understand. You must understand. He also forgot to name Anwar, but they put him in. Yes, I saw that too. <laughs> oh my god um and okay there's so much that i want to talk about okay in, in, in regards to that moment 
Um, to me, it is so clear, like, that the Fosters just, like, hate Yolanda. And I think it probably has to do with the fact that maybe she didn't say it in so many words, but she let everyone think that David left her because she had much. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That was a total fuck up. I'm so sorry. I really didn't mean to say that. That was incredibly rude. Um, I'm, it's from, I was just watching that episode of Real Housewives. I'm so sorry. Um, because she had Lyme's disease. And they, like, he, she really let the world, like, turn him into a villain because of that. And I'm sure that, um, that they're not happy about that. I'm also sure that some of the girls are a little resentful that Yolanda went on that show and made a star out of her daughters in five minutes while Sarah and Aaron have been working in Hollywood for years. They had Barely Famous. Like, they've been working on, in, in the industry for so long and, like, Yolanda just shows up with her two kids and, like, overnight it's a success. Yeah. I went to bed last night wondering if Gigi and Bella would be who they are if not for the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And up until this point, I always said that they would have been. Like, I didn't even think about how it might have helped them in any way because it was just sort of like, it just seemed like good timing. But now I'm unsure. No, I've always thought that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills was an integral part in the making of two major mega supermodels. And they probably would have become successful regardless just because they're beautiful and from a very rich well-connected yeah, family but there are plenty of like rich kid models delilah and amelia yeah there's but, a ton of people like that yeah but also they have real houses in beverly hills but i guess they also had it because there are delilah and amelia and they're not Gigi and bella right so it's a mixture of things yes but it definitely played a part um so to me what i really took away from the documentary is just like this kind of hatred for yolanda even in the way they just spoke about her very um calmly but very rudely like when the younger sister Jordan Foster was like and you know my dad was okay with her being on the housewives because you know he wanted her to have a job which was just like holy shit like they just there's obvious like hatred there oh for sure for sure but I think that they were as respectful as they could be you know they didn't harp on it they didn't talk about her out of no context so I but I forgot about the princes of Malibu I know and I had obviously never seen it and like the fact that David is such an integral part like yelling at everyone the entire time yeah um was really funny and I actually would have thought that that would affect his career in a negative way because it seems like it was kind of a shit show right and so what I took away from the documentary was like David is actually very self-aware and he knew like even just kind of quote-unquote slumming it in reality tv like was not going to affect his career. Like, would Stevie Wonder still want to work with me if I was on the, De- the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? But you know what? His talent speaks for itself. And I feel like at the end of the day, like, nobody cared about anything when it came to David Foster other than the fact that he made great music for great people and won a lot of awards. And that's yeah. really all that matters at the end of the day. But his self-awareness was was really present throughout the whole documentary, especially when it came to talking about his multiple marriages and, like, his relationship with his kids, which seemed like there was a lot of resentment and that maybe hasn't been unpacked. And I'm curious what the drama was at Aaron's wedding that, like, Catherine had to get involved. But it did feel weird for him to talk so much about running and getting comfortable then running again while also acting like Catherine was like the end all be all. And, and it was just like this weird underlying question for her. No, but it was also this self-awareness to be like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm not, I'm done running because that's who I am. But I also, and it seems like he's treating things differently in this relationship and that Catherine is a completely different sort of partner. Yeah. And I think that they're so well matched. Um, and I think we've always like had a little ship for them. Nothing big, maybe a canoe. Um, well, at first we were definitely confused just because of the age difference. For sure. But now it's like, I real and I, I started looking at her on Instagram and sort of watching these videos they've been putting out during quarantine. And I, I totally, I really get it. Also, yeah. they put in some footage from the wedding and like, what a stunningly beautiful bride. I think one of like the top 10 Agreed. most beautiful rides I've ever seen in my life. Agreed. 
like Sickening. shook to the motherfucking core. Just a beautiful wedding, beautiful dress, her body, like everything was just her body. Sickening. Sickening. Um, also, what I like about David Foster is he's obviously a genius. He's so beyond like talented. Everything isn't even incredible. Put it in a blender, mix it up. Um, and he doesn't even pretend to be humble about it, you know, like, and I, I appreciate that because what are you going to be? Oh, wow. Well, it just sort of happened. I kind of do too. Like, I just sort of appreciate the matter of factness when he's like, I'm great. Yes. And I feel like in order to achieve certain levels of success, you have to be confident in your own abilities. No, but at a certain point, like if you don't think if you've won 16 Grammys nominated for 40 some of the biggest songs of all time and you can't say sit there and say I'm great then you obviously don't know what you're doing yeah I really loved like the little nuances and the little stories about such big moments in pop culture like honestly I didn't even know that David Foster did the bodyguard um I will always love you and like what went into that and they got Clyde mm -hmm. Davis they got everyone in the documentary fucking Bill Clinton was in it which was the weirdest <laughs> thing ever um but I just loved those little stories about like decisions made in a moment's with a moment's notice that created this huge moment for pop culture i just i loved all those little stories now i have one problem with the documentary and with david foster's career in general and i just feel like he really he made a big mistake with michael buble like i i and you know what i don't dislike michael buble i've actually been to his concerts and i think they're phenomenal but like to me he is just like a glorified vegas showman impersonator. like he's a frank sinatra impersonator his biggest song ever is a cover like i don't know i just i didn't i didn't see aside from having just like a really good voice which a lot of people have good voices like i don't really see what david foster saw in michael buble and i feel like maybe that was like a bad year for david foster because like oh. i just i wouldn't put josh groban on the same pedestal as michael buble at all no i don't think that he's meant to do that i don't think i would put either one of them on the same pedestal as celine dion but what he did with Michael Buble, it doesn't matter whether you think he's good enough or not. Like he created a whole genre of like of music that people want to listen to who aren't done listening to Frank Sinatra yeah. and want new stuff. Michael Buble is incredibly talented. Yes. I, I mean, I, I liked him up until that video. Me too. Um, seeing him in the documentary, at first I was just like a little... Um, he gives off such creepy vibes. I was just like a little shook for yeah. sure. I, I just... But then we got to it. I had no idea that David Foster discovered him uh you know I didn't like know it but when it happened I was like oh that makes sense yeah um I also love that David Foster is a Canadian who supports other Canadians yes like, he's always driving 100 miles to oh I'm sorry the craziest part of the documentary was the car accident I know I mean first of all I obviously didn't know about that and so when the story was being told I'm like this is incredible and then when it turned out to be a very successful comedian who he had hit, I'm sorry not comedian musician who he had hit I was like holy shit and then it turned out to be like a life-saving hit right the guy had had some sort of hematoma and was wandering in the street at 7 a at 6 a.m or 2 a.m actually 2 it was an unbelievable story that's what I mean like David Foster the documentary was great because he's obviously like a well-known guy for certain parts of his life but he's really lived a long life and has mm -hmm. so many successes and triumphs and trials and tribulations. And I just thought it was a perfect subject for a documentary and a very well done documentary at that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Josh Groban. Because I would absolutely love to talk I about Josh Groban. I have had a crush on Josh Groban my entire life. And I guess I'd never really seen him talk on film. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird. Yeah. And then when they showed like his catalog of work, they showed that cover, the album cover. It's like black and white and he looks like a, a different man. Oh, with the beard. He looks so handsome. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not the guy in the chair. No, there's two Josh Grobins. There's one who wears glasses and lets his hair grow out. And then there's like snatched Josh Groban with a beard. And like he kind of looks like he lives in Brooklyn and he doesn't wear his glasses. And his cheeks are very tight. Yeah. So I was just like... 
shook. And now I, I just think of Josh Gerben completely differently. Like, no, I do not see him with Katy Perry like I once did. No, he's very nerdy. And like you could even he's, tell in his in his commentary in the interview part of the documentary, he was kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like yeah, no, I don't see him with Katy Perry at all. I see him, honestly, when he was dating Kat Dennings, like, that was perfect. She's also, like, kind of weird and, like, yeah. in her own Maybe world. Maybe with Casey Musgraves. Wow, that, that would, would actually be, be sickening. Yeah, beautiful. but I think she's, like, a little too cool for him. I know, but she could, like, she could raise him up. He needs, like, a regular girl. I mean, the story of, like, how he got to where he is and it's, how... Uh, that, I didn't know that he was just a stand-in for Bocelli and that's how he was discovered. But um, the way that Celine Dion, like, kind of nurtured him just made me love her so much more. I know. Josh Groban is an incredible talent. Agreed. I absolutely, like, it's crazy. And what's also crazy is that David would be like, I have this artist, we're putting out this album, put it out now, it'll sell 50,000 copies. But to me, David Foster is very, like, B to B, not B to C. Like, he doesn't, up in, and this was before, really, social media, so it's not like he had this fan base. So how did he get so much influence in sales and consumers, like, were people following just the work of David Foster? I don't know, but I do think when someone became big in his sphere, it was it was like a company, like Celine Dion would leverage a voice like Josh Groban. Like, it was this sort of family. Yeah, definitely. But I just thought, I was wondering how he could, I don't have so much consumer influence when he's very much on the industry side. Yeah. That, was, no, that's true. And how he knew he was he was all about making the music, but then he also knew it would sell fifty thousand units. Like yeah, how? Yeah. So I just I thought that was an interesting tidbit. Also, when he was like doesn't want to be in the studio now because he doesn't think um, he like is capable could, of being in the room with Lady Gaga. Like I actually think they would be fabulous together. And to me, like that was a dumb statement because if he really knew anything about Lady Gaga, he would know that he she, they're very similar. Like she knows everything. Yeah, like she went on the road with Tony Bennett. Like they yeah. have, they're more alike than they are unlike. I actually think a Lady Gaga David Foster album could be just the thing that this year needs like but when he said that he would have worked on star is born in a heartbeat like that's also what star is born needed Sorry. yes of course i was actually shocked that he didn't write shallow you know yeah also um like he i under, he used the wrong reference when he meant lady gaga like he could have said like bb rex that's who he meant and by the way i hate that i always use bb rex so when i'm talking about generic pop stars because I actually love BB Rexa and I think she's so talented and we met her and she was so nice and I really only have good things to say about her but I, need, I mean like Ava Max you know like yeah. I need like a different name because I love BB Rexa and I actually respect her and I feel like every time I like make a joke about pop stars I use her name and I want to stop doing that yeah but um you know what I mean like when I'm Megan like, Trainer. yes 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 but <laughs> actually she's also Megan Trainer so talented is a very talented songwriter I take it back I mean like uh hmm. I mean like I'll come up with one yeah also I was just thinking about um, how David Foster like should definitely be on Songland. Of course. Also, what I thought was interesting is that on, I was looking at some of the songs that he's written and a lot of the songs that he's worked on, his writing credit is Linda Thompson. So she's also like a songwriter. She's ha is credited on wow. some of the biggest songs that he's written. So I just she's thought that was interesting. She's still cashing in. Yeah. I wonder what, it seemed like they had a nice life. Yeah, to be honest, it doesn't seem like he has that much like... He doesn't have a terrible relationship with his, his ex-wives, but I did think it was really interesting how he said his really, his regret when it comes to his marriages is leaving Rebecca, who I think is Aaron and Sarah's yeah. mom. Yeah, I agree. Because that is, to me, when I think of like the Foster family, I think of, obviously, like Sarah and Aaron and Jordan. Yeah. Also, I love the transparency around wanting to be an EGOT. Yes. 
And now David Foster is working on three Broadway productions. Love to see it. Um, unclear if I will be seeing it, but right bedtime to bedtime to transition to Broadway. It's true, but it gives also him a lot of time to work mm-hmm. on what he's working on. I really hope oh my that God. I really hope that tea comes down for him. Yes, the the weirdness with the elevators was so interesting and. Honestly, I've heard that from a lot of very famous people that they just don't take elevators. And I think the way that I see it is like a lot of people who shot shoot to stardom grew up in very simple lives, like small towns. And if you grow up taking elevators, like it's not a big deal. But if you're an adult and you're really thinking logistically, like I'm going to get in this moving box, this is actually very dangerous. Like the older you are, I actually understand not wanting to get into an elevator. But if you're a kid who took elevators all the time, it's like not a big deal. You're kind of desensitized to it. But it's something I've seen with a few famous people that I think is very interesting. That's how I feel about driving a car. Exactly. Like the older you get, actually, the more scary it is and the less likely you are to actually do it. Yeah. I agree. That was interesting as well. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is I watched this movie Desperado on Netflix. It's a Netflix original. It's like, you know, they're releasing just like shitty content. Um, and it's like these three best gal pals. Anna Camp was in it. Um, and that guy was in it who is just like the guy in every bad movie. He's the guy from Duff. His name is Robbie something. Oh, yeah. He's actually very handsome. Okay. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Robbie with an A. Yeah. Duff Robbie. Robbie Amell. Yeah. It was just like such a bad movie. It was two hours, but it was also like kind of good. I don't know. Um, I would love to hear what everyone thinks about it. There was like so much CGI in it. It was so strange. Like they were in Mexico and there's like this scene where like a dolphin like literally comes up and like dick slaps her. It makes it's literally the dumbest thing ever. But it's so strange because it's it was so poorly done CGI. It was like literally it was uh, it was the weirdest movie. It took me two days to watch it. And I really like did not like it. But also sometimes I was like. <laughs> it was really weird. I don't know if I would recommend it, but it did, you know, fill up some time in my day, which is all you can ask for when it comes to quarantine. Very interesting. Maybe I'll check it out. I have so many things to watch. I just like, I don't even know where to start. The Kissing Booth trailer has been. I saw. You know what I was thinking about um, so strangely when it comes to The Kissing Booth is The Kissing Booth came out before To All the Boys I Love Before, but we've already seen the sequel of To All the Boys. We haven't even like, we just saw the trailer. There's something so weird with Kissing Booth. Like, between the Jacob Elordi and Joey King of it all. And like literally it's been two years. I watched the first kissing booth in my old apartment on 32nd Street. Wow. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It's just, there's so much weirdness there. It's like, why bother now? No, I mean, it, it was a great movie and I'm sure the sequel will be great. And I'll look forward to adding it to my list of things I'm never getting to. Yes, exactly. And on that note. That's all she wrote. Thank yeah, you guys I so think much. she's been writing for a while, actually. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to The Morning Toast, the millennial morning show where we go live Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube. So if you're watching us on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us The Morning Toast and leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. We love you guys very much. We hope you have a fabulous day and we will see you tomorrow. Bye.